You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Oh, healthy, alive, you know, doing well. Man flu, day three. Day four. Sorry, day four. I do feel better than I did a couple of days ago, and definitely better than yesterday. But again, uh, I'm on a little um, a little helper to, uh, to get me through this thing called, uh, well, uh, I, I can't do a product plug here, but... Um, Let's just say it's an over-the-counter therapeutic, uh, and it's working mm-hmm. quite well, and it's a very common one. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. For, other for than the day, that, for the day, yeah, for for yeah. the day, yes. And it it quills any symptoms that I might have. Okay, I'll just put it like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm hoping to make a recovery possibly by Monday, and I know that uh, this is going to be our last podcast for the week. We're taking. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays off. So those of you that are expecting us uh, to podcast tomorrow, unfortunately, uh, it's not going to happen. So um, yeah, well, not uh, tomorrow, but uh, well, I guess it would be tomorrow because recording. God, man, time travel, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a little complicated to follow, but we just go with it. Rudy Giuliani. He's quite a, a topic of conversation these days. Now, I wanted to mm-hmm. start with what came out. Was it yesterday? We, we saw it yesterday. I think yes, it, was a, yes. it was in the middle of another recording that we were doing for yesterday's podcast with Marty and Ned. And it came up on the Drudge Report and it was Rudy laying on a hotel bed, reaching down the front of his pants. Now, apparently he was in this uh, this new movie. It was a Borat sequel by Sasha Baron Cohen, as I'm told. That's what I'm reading. And it's it's actually Rudy that's in the movie. It's it's not a, a depiction or something. It's actually him. And he was being filmed for a real interview, but he didn't know that he was being filmed. Well, of course, he thinks he, she was the actor, right? She, she was the actor for, for the movie. Is that correct? I, I Yeah, I, I don't know the whole like the whole gist of it. It was, quote, unquote, a sting. And they were trying to, to create a gotcha moment. This whole deal where he's tucking in his shirt, they're saying that he was getting frisky with the reporter. That, that's basically what, okay. what's going on here. All right. So it says here that Rudy is lured to a New York hotel. Looks like the one in Battery Park City, maybe, for this interview. And the woman who is an actress playing uh, to the movie audience, who is supposed to be the, the woman who plays uh, Borat's daughter. The point is to reveal the former, uh, yeah, reveal the former mayor of New York, uh, President Trump's personal lawyer for the, uh, <clears throat> as they put it, for the low life that he is. Uh, and Rudy is not in on the joke. And apparently he is to be the the subject of the joke. Now, like I said, he's he's lured to this hotel for this interview. And uh, the woman who's uh, played by a Bulgarian actress gushes over him. And at one point, what's his name? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen comes into the room posing as a sound man, right, for the interview, right? Because he thinks it's a, it's a Russian reporter. And when he sees Giuliani that's, you know, kind of uh, <clears throat> infatuated with the uh, the actress that he doesn't even know that's who it is, he says loud enough just to hear, he says, uh, you should stick to marrying your cousin. <laughs> that's apparently what's on the clip. Apparently, Giuliani's first wife was was his cousin or something. I, I, I don't know. But OK, this is not what it looks like, is it? 
I mean, it, like I said, so, it looks like he's reaching down into his pants. I mean, that, that's the photo that was released. But I think I know why that is. But what's the backstory of this? And then I'll, we'll get into what we think that this is. All right. So basically what happened here is they were supposedly doing an interview, right? And Bakalova or whatever, the actress suggests getting a drink in the hotel room. So that's where the um, drink comes in. And basically what happened is, is how they're saying uh, he was, uh, I don't know, getting frisky with her or whatever. He helped her remove the microphone and, and the, 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 you know, the whole wireless get up. He helped her remove that and then removed his own. And did he so remove doing, his own? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Sorry. Sorry. Removed his own microphone and in so doing untucked his shirt. And so he leans back on the bed and tucks his shirt back in. That's basically what happened there in the hotel room okay, while they were and right. they had a drink. So okay. Honestly, look, as a Christian dude, this is something you're taught. Never get into a scenario like that because exactly this. Never get on a one-on-one with a female. It's the Mike Pence thing, right? You never go alone with a female uh, without like your wife or something like that or another witness because this happens. This kind of nonsense is why why you don't do it. It's the appearance of evil. So Rudy should have well, known was- better. He, he should have, but Rudy's also divorced and, you know, I, okay. All right. You know, I, I kind of, yeah, yeah all, all right. I, I mean, get it. Yeah. He's, he's a single guy, you know, he's, he's got, um, he's got notoriety, right? So, I mean, he's a former mayor of New York and he's, he's in the public eye. And so he's, he's a famous guy, right? He's a famous face. He's known for the mayor that took as, excuse me, he's known as the mayor that took down the mob. So yeah, the guy's got, he's, he's got some fame to him. And of course, the reason that I think that this was done now, and the reason that I think that it was given the, how do I say it, uh, the spin that it was given, is because of what Rudy is doing. And Rudy is at the heart of this uh, this laptop scandal. I'm, I'm calling it laptop gate. <laughs> this uh, this laptop scandal with uh, with Hunter Biden. Now, supposedly, small small backstory for those that don't know. Okay, Hunter Biden him, himself. Okay, Hunter Biden himself took a laptop to a Delaware computer repair shop and dropped it off there, signed for it, and everything. And what's on that laptop is well, let's just say that it's uh, it's extremely serious and. The FBI apparently has been sitting on it for, what'd you say, a year? About a year they've been sitting on it? They got it. It was July, August of last year, I think. Somewhere in that range. More than um, a year. Yeah, it's somewhere in that range. So it, my understanding is the repairman had already had the um, computer for 90 days, which was about July, August in that area, when that whole debacle was coming up about the phone call and all that. About the, um, Isn't that when the phone call happened? And they were all up in arms about that July, August uh, of last year. Yeah, some, something like that. And that's that's when I mean, yeah. it took him a while. But, you know, someone came, I heard the story about that. Trump actually told the story. He he said one of his aides came walking down the hallway and said, Mr. President, Mr. President, did you call so and so in the Ukraine? And he said, yeah. So did you do it uh, You know, like six months ago or something? He says, I don't know, maybe. He says, why? And they said, well, they want to impeach you for it. And he goes, why? Because I made a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another interesting note here, by the way, the. Uh, Going back to Rudy, he says, at no time before, during, or after the interview was I ever inappropriate. If uh, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, implies otherwise, he is a stone-cold liar. In fact, uh, the New York Post uh, today reports, it looks to me like an exaggeration through editing. 
As soon as I realized it was a setup, I called the police. This is an effort to blunt my relentless exposure of the criminality and depravity of Joe Biden and his entire family. The laptop itself. Okay, so apparently here's my question. All right. It goes to the FBI, right? They're sitting on it for over a year with all this stuff that's on it. The owner of the shop made how many copies? He made copies. He made four copies. Okay, so he makes four copies. One gets sent to the FBI. What happens to the other three? Okay, so two of them are given to his friends, close friends. Um, Uh Dead men switch, as you put it. Right. And then the fourth one was sent to Rudy just a week ago. It was sent to his office. His lawyer looked into it. His lawyer said, "Okay, this is some this is real. We need to look into this. They looked into it and they've been going over it for the last six days. And this is what they found so far. And look, some of the stuff that they found in there. Actually, you know what? I don't want to go into the what's alleged, because if some of what's on there is not true, if it's not real, we'll be destroying a a drug addled uh, Hunter Biden and his family for something that isn't real. Uh, I, I will give him that benefit until it's researched a little bit more. However, the FBI, they've also had some detectives from New York and from Delaware look at this, and they've all said, uh, yeah, this is this is bad, and it looks real. This is Hunter. They sent it to Delaware, right? The police department there, because some of the contents there uh, required, they were required to report it, basically. They sent it in, and the police department there in Delaware sent it to the FBI. So he uh, he doesn't know if it's just kind of a circle jerk, if you will. You know, they're just kind of passing the buck. They don't know if it's just being hidden or if this is legit. Like this is this is really concerning. But I, I know of what's in there and the stuff that he's talking about. And if that's the case, you could theoretically have a tie to Epstein. We'll put it that way. And and I'll leave it at that. And Maxwell's testimony was just, um, shall we say, unsealed. So she's not she's not going to be able to hide anything. So it's it's going to come out. And as things are getting closer, this is all going to come out. Now, here, here's the thing here. Here's the here's the important thing about all this. Did Hunter Biden do it on purpose? Did he do it on purpose? And and I, I have to say the way that I, I look at it, because I've dealt with cases like this before. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about some serious crimes here uh, and we're talking about a crime family. Now, if he did it on purpose, right, the guy's got an alcohol problem. He's got a drug problem. He's had problems in his marriage. That's why his wife left him, right, because he had an alcohol problem. He was uh, running around with all these different women. Uh, he, he had uh, he has narcotics problems. So I'm, I'm just saying that a lot of times when you get people in certain situations and they have a status like that, be it, you know, celebrity's kid or, you know, rich person's kid or whatever. Uh, in this case, you could equate Hunter Biden to the same with his father, right? Vice president, you know, former vice president's uh, son, high up there, business dealings all over the place. And they turn into, you know, drug addled degenerates, right? I mean, that, that's just, it's, it's the lifestyle, right? They're so unhappy. They go out and they get into all this stuff and they've got pretty much unlimited access to all this stuff, right? They've got connections and they're not going to get in trouble, so, uh, I mean, what, are you going to go out and you're going to arrest the vice president's son? <laughs> Not going to happen. But uh, and that's why I said, did he do it on purpose? Because when you have somebody that is in a state of mind such as this, where they become so entrenched in that lifestyle and they're spiraling out of control and they start to lose their grip on reality, sooner or later, they want that madness to stop. 
and they don't know how to get out. They can't confront their uh, their their parents or, or whoever it is about it, about that problem, because they're not going to understand, because if they go down, then that's going to make them look bad and it's going to bring their entire criminal enterprise down. So they they try and deal with it or they let the degeneracy continue. So did Hunter do it on purpose? Did he say, look, yeah, I, I want all this to stop. Right. That, that's that's the that's the way that I'm looking at it, because I, I'm not I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility when you have somebody that lives that lifestyle and they want a change. But sometimes the only way for it to change is for you to go down. Right. It rather it, it, take it take it like um, take it like somebody you have in your family who's uh, you know addicted to, say, heroin or something or an opioid you know addiction or something. You don't know how to help them and they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to I mean, you can talk all day to them and they're not going to hear you. I mean, I've dealt with opioid addicts, you know, not thankfully none of my own family, but uh, I've dealt with opioid addicts out on the streets. And, you know, I've had several of them over the years tell me when I've arrested them. Thank you. Thank you. And I say, why are you thanking me? You know, you're sitting there in handcuffs. Why are you thanking me? And they said, this might just save my life. And, And the reason for that is, is that they needed some way for it to stop and they didn't know how to do it themselves. So they, they had to figure out a way to get the system to work to stop them. Do you see what I'm saying? In this case, it would be nearly that. Maybe. So if we apply Occam's razor to this, which for those that aren't aware of the, the Occam's razor, basically keep it simple. As, as little uh, manipulation to the story as, as you can do is probably accurate, right? So in this case, it's probably that he was just so um, stoned out of his gourd that he would not have... Uh, realized what he was doing. So uh, I think that is a possibility and that there's text messages that suggest that to be true. But in this case, the repairman said he was intoxicated. So it's likely that he was intoxicated and just forgot. You're killing me, Bruce. I'm trying to give the kid the benefit of the doubt here. And you're telling me that he's bombed out of his mind going in there. And uh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that you're not wrong. I'm saying he was bombed out of his mind. And that could have been the catalyst. Like it could have impaired his his judgment. And he went in and sought help, if that makes sense. Because you, you know how alcoholics are, or even other drug addicts, when they when they have that down and they're they're coming off of something, they kind of get depressive and kind of get you know kind of you know how that is. Um, kind of the same way. Maybe he was coming down off of something, or he was on a a, a downer, and that he he was just depressed and decided I want to get out of this. And then later, kind of came to his senses and was like, "Crap, I, I can't like." I don't know. Uh, maybe. maybe he forgot. Maybe. And then, of, of course, what well, the question is, is why was it dropped off in the first place? What was the problem with it? He dropped three laptops off. One of them was fixed immediately. One of them was not repairable. And the other one had like water damage or something. And it took a while to repair. And he forgot about the, the third one. So uh, it, within 90, it was 90 days. He signed a paperwork that basically said it's abandoned after 90 days, which means it becomes the repairman's. And the repairman sat on it for another month or so before looking into it. So uh, four months went by and then he looked at it because of, you know, the time frame, what was going on. And the FBI then was given the information before the impeachment. Right. They had this information before the impeachment. And then um, once the guy realized what was going on and he's like, why is the FBI not doing anything? Then he sent the letter to uh, Rudy's office and then they went through the process of investigating it and whatnot. And it was, you know, last week when they got it. You know, you could equate what happened at the FBI to corruption. You, you could equate that. But you, you were you were painting something on it the other day. You said that 
if that had come out at the time, then it's quite possible that Bernie Sanders could have been the Democratic nominee. Yeah, that could be plausible. But I mean, you have to look back even since 2000 and uh, 2000, what was it, 2015 with uh, with Clinton. The Democrat Party's never wanted Bernie. They've never wanted Bernie. The power structure wouldn't accept Bernie. We're talking about an entrenched, corrupt, deep state here. An entire network that's not subject to just an, an executive branch. We're talking about across all the intelligence agencies and, and the, the law enforcement community and the like at the federal level, at the federal level. So th- this is a vast network. And Bernie doesn't fit in that system. B- Bernie is Bernie's a socialist. Don't get me wrong. But Bernie is not part of that that, that uh, corrupt D.C., whatever you want to call it. Bernie's corrupt well, in his own corrupt. way. He, yeah, he's corrupt yeah, in his own yeah. way, but he's not part of that that deep, uh, entrenched, established deep state like the Bidens and of. the Obamas yeah, that we know of, that we know of. up to this point. There's been in all the research that we've done. I've never seen his name come across any of that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that it's not there, but I've never seen that he is involved in any of that stuff. Not not as obvious as the rest of these people. OK, so let me clarify, though. What I meant was it would be Bernie in the sense of Biden would be under arrest. I mean, Joe Biden, he would have been arrested and Hunter Biden and some of the family would have been arrested for this. Some of the information that's there, they were money laundering. They were getting uh, finances from uh, other countries directly. OK, Joe Biden got at least 10 percent equity on on one of the deals they did with China. And that is documented that, that currently that's the one we know about. Rudy said he was putting other he was he was putting things together and was hoping to release something today. More on that. So I think he would have been arrested if this would have been investigated uh, properly and gone after. But again, I, I think Barr and FBI are corrupt in this. I, I Barr's a bush plant. I, I just know. I, I think there's corruption and that's why this is um, it's taken this long for any action to be done. If Trump's not reelected, he's going to go ham and he's going to start firing people and he's going to push whoever he puts in uh, place to investigate this and he's going to put it on a fast track. If he's reelected, I see the same thing happening and I see him firing Barr, FBI director, uh, maybe one of the other intelligence groups or CIA because there's some sketch going on there. And he'll also fire Burks and Fauci and, you know, maybe even oh, Re- uh, not Rapid Fauci. No, not Fauci. No, goodness. Now, what are we going to do? Whatever are we going to do about this pandemic if Fauci goes? I don't know. Maybe put Scott Atlas there instead. Yeah, he's not even an epidemiologist. He doesn't he doesn't know what any of the stuff is. Right, right. He's he's just an administrator that's overseeing a bunch of these hospitals right. and stuff that right. are actually treating. Yeah, now, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Fauci's got Fauci's got experience. He, he's been in there for 40 years. I mean, you, you you will not find anyone more qualified apart from maybe Bill Gates to uh, to deal with this problem. Right. Yeah. Not seeing a patient for over 20 years uh, is a great qualification for for someone, which, by the way, he's not even an epidemiologist. He's an immunologist or whatever, whatever the other one is. He's not even what 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 we're saying he is isn't even what he is. He's not even this isn't even his field of expertise either. His field is more of your vaccines and that sort of thing, you know, um, pharmaceuticals, uh, not viruses and whatnot. But anybody that's been in an, in an appointed government position for four decades is not an expert. You're a politician. He hasn't even been in he's not even been in an administrative position in the sense of overseeing hospitals and seeing what's going on and, and the requirements and the statistics and the data. He's he's no. He's just in a big, lofty ivory tower position. He, he doesn't know what's going on necessarily. All he sees is anecdotal data 
and, and or not anecdotal, but he sees the data and he's coming up with his own conclusions. And really, I, I think he's trying to self-enrich. He was pushing the. Um, he actually. Uh, hold on a minute. He, rim, he's got remdesivir. Invest, he's got investments in remdesivir. It failed the trials in two weeks. Yep. It failed the trial, and then two weeks later, he signs the deal to have it have it approved. Yeah, and hydroxychloroquine is shown to be uh, at least twenty seven percent effective in reducing the number of deaths. At least twenty seven percent. That's the the lowest test we've seen, and yet they don't want to push that one because it's so cheap. You can't exploit it. Whereas remdesivir is like, what is it, like $800 a pop or something like that? Did they drop it it's, down to 800 I thought it was like three expensive. grand. I, I think so. It was like three grand, yeah, but I think oh. they dropped it a little bit. Well, how Still, much? See, see, $800. They're, trying to, they're trying to help people by dropping that price like that. You see that? No, they don't want to offer a drug that might actually work that's off patent that costs pennies to manufacture. No, they don't want to do that. But OK, uh, anyway. Anything else you got on the uh, the Hunter Biden story, the uh, the laptop deal? Anything else there at the moment? I mean, um, there's more coming right now. Right now, so just keep in mind this is ha- this has been vetted, this has been researched. That this is real. This is Hunter Biden. This is his laptop. So don't listen to the media when they're saying, "Oh, this is just a Russian conspiracy." Um, they're not even no, talking the, about it. The, and they're, they're not disputing it. Oh yeah, the, me- the media. No, they're not disputing uh, the, this. No. They're not even the Biden campaign is not saying it's it's false. They're they're more or less saying, um, well, well, to nothing. be fair, but to be fair, Bruce, he, he's he's busy. He's answering important questions on what flavor of milkshake he's buying at a takeout place. No, he's in his bunker right now. He's not having he's not seeing anybody until the debate. Uh, and that's is he been still that like, way since last I, week. I heard I heard yeah. audio of him yesterday. He was out getting a milkshake. And, and the question posed by the media yeah. was, Mr. Biden, what flavor did you get? Seriously? Like you, you've got. You've got probably one of the worst criminal conspiracies about to come out in U.S. history against you and your family. And you're asking this guy about what flavor of milkshake he's buying. And you're you're telling me that the media is going to seriously tell you the truth about this. They're not. They're not. It's not going to happen. Another thing, by the way, uh, some of these uh, there was more emails, 28000 emails that came out. And that was from one of Hunter Biden's uh, partners who is currently in prison. Uh, he's in prison right now. And there's another of his partners that's currently in prison or going to prison awaiting trial. And um, they're both I heard pissed they're, I heard because they're rolling Biden's on getting away. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard so they're, they're, they're squealing. Yeah. So he gave access to what, his Gmail account and it had 26 or 28,000 emails in there. And they're going over it and it, co- it corroborates a bunch of the, the laptop stuff, um, you know, meetings, dates, all that kind of stuff where money was going, who who the business is with, all that kind of stuff. All those, um, you know, oh, and it's not on our uh, official uh, meeting record calendar, you know? Well, they're finding that the meetings that happened that in those little gaps that you're seeing, there was actual meetings going on. And they were in locations that, oh, I don't know, they did deals in uh, the American embassy in China. Uh, they, they did a business deal there, signed it. That's illegal, by the way. You, you can't do that kind of stuff on embassy grounds. Um, just, just want to point that out. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of, lot of stuff in there that's, uh, confirmed in the emails and the, uh, the guys in prison are like, yeah, that's true. This is, this is true. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. If, if Hunter Biden and Joe Biden walk, if the Biden family walk and get nothing done against them, um, I expect to see the hammer fall and a bunch of people fired and, and the, uh, uh, administration, I, I hope Trump just Start cleaning the house, uh, you know, clear the swamp, as he said, drain the swamp. 
Unfortunately, I don't think simply being fired in this case is going to do it. People have got to go in bracelets for this one. Seriously. I mean, people have got to go down. They, they have to go down. If they don't go down, then we lose the country. It's that serious. If they don't go down, if these people walk, then we lose the country. It, that's all there is to it. We will be that. Uh, how do you put it? A banana republic. That's what we'll be. Yeah. Well, we're I, I think we're already at the banana republic level, but uh, we're, we're pushing I mean, it. Yeah, we're, we're pushing it. We're, we're, no, we're, we're there. We impeached the president over a phone call. Uh, we're, we're banana republic levels. Um, if if Trump doesn't get reelected, we're officially a banana republic. And uh, I, I think the republic's done. Well, Bruce, it's possible that we might not even know for a month. Yeah, it, it's entirely possible. Yeah. So Amy Coney Barrett's going to be appointed next week, uh, like Tuesday ish. They'll they'll have the confirmation hearing, uh, confirmation hearing, the vote, and she will be seated um, is the, the, the feeling right now, which means uh, when this whole election debacle comes to the Supreme Court, she's going to side with the Constitution based on what we're seeing so far, which means um, these states that are saying, oh, we have to count. We have to count the, the ballots, you know, uh, a month after the election. Um, constitutionally, no, you don't. No, sorry, you don't. Election day, that's it. That's a cutoff. If you can't get your ballot in, mail it in and have it there by election day, your ballot does not count. And that doesn't mean postmarked by election day. Honestly, I, I, I don't I don't approve of mail in voting anyway. Absentee voting. Yes. No. Absentee voting. Yes. But mail in voting. No. If you can't vote in person. Well, I'm sorry. You don't get to exercise your right to democracy that year. If you can't vote in person. Sorry. Request an absentee ballot. If, that, if it's that big of a deal. And, and if it's that big of a problem, request an absentee ballot. If you're a registered voter, then you should have no problem getting an absentee ballot. None. So why do you need mail-in voting? If you're a registered voter, and you always hear the argument from, from the Democrat side saying, uh, well, it's, it's voter suppression, it's voter this. No, 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 no. They're the ones that scream for no voter ID laws. They're the ones that yell about that. But yet they have the audacity to come around and give you the same speech about, well, we're doing this for uh, absentee uh, balloting. No, there's a difference between absentee balloting and mail-in voting, a big difference. And they know that. They know that they're, they're placating on uh, on the stupidity of the average person out there. And that's that's precisely how they they look at everybody. They think everyone's an adult child. This actually could be a good thing, by the way, for the republic. Let's say Donald Trump is reelected and he's able to clearing the swamp. People are made aware to this voter fraud that's possible. We may see a sweeping change in how elections are done. And, it you know, we may end up seeing um, more regulation, not really regulation, but safeguards put in place for voting, uh, the voting system. It's very possible that, you know, this could be a good thing. This, this could, uh, and now I, I know I'm being um, very positive here, but we could end up uh, completely changing how this is done. And, you know, if people continue holding our representatives feet to the fire, we may see a change and this may end up becoming good in the end. But how hard is it really? How hard is it to just put in voter ID? How hard is that? I'm a registered voter. I registered to vote when I was 17 years old because by the time the election would have rolled around, I would have been 18. So I could register to vote early. OK, I have a voter registration card. All right. That's a step in voter ID. Right. So if I go down to the polling place, which I would do, of course, I do absentee now, but I go down to the polling place and it would be the polling place for my my precinct, my ward, whatever you want to call it. When I would go down there, the woman who would be sitting behind the counter would ask me, I need your ID. I said, really? 
do we have to go through this? Do you need my ID? And I, of course, I would have no problem with it. And I just kind of laughed at the fact that, uh, that you know, uh, she would be asking for my ID. And I said, why do you need to see my ID? And she says, well, those are the rules. That's how we do things. And I said, you have been my neighbor that has shared a common fence with me in my backyard for 25 years. You know who I am. And she says, I understand, but this is how we do things. What is so difficult about that? What is so hard about that? We are the, we're quite possibly the only country in the world. I know we're the only country in the Western world that doesn't have voter ID. You can't even get in a, a country that I'm in. You can't even get in the building to vote unless you show ID at the door to prove that you're a citizen to vote in the elections. You can't even get in the door. How hard is that? The answer is it's not hard. All they oh, it's want. Impossible. Clearly, no, it's impossible. All they want. All they want is the ability to steal the votes they haven't already stolen. All this stuff you see about early voting and, and mail-in voting and all that stuff and, and no voter IDs and the ballots are in six languages. All that's about is about stealing the votes that they haven't already stolen. And as sure as I'm sitting here, if they are successful in abolishing the Electoral College, then you can forget about the United States as it is today. You can forget about it because you will have a country that is ruled by New York and California. And we know precisely how both of those places have turned out. Let me put this into perspective. The county of Los Angeles, just the county of Los Angeles, could outvote 47 U.S. states by its population. What purpose would middle America, flyover country where Bruce and I come from, what purpose would we serve in a presidential or senatorial or gubernatorial election, what purpose would we serve in any of these things? None. No, answer is not. Well, yeah, you, you got the right answer there. But the, the, the listener can't see that. But the answer is we would have no voice any longer. This is why we have the electoral system, because it gives people like us in flyover country, the producers, it gives us a voice and it gives us a fighting chance. But they want to do away with that. They want you to think, oh, well, if you don't have a majority vote, then you're not a democracy. Well, that's good because we're not a democracy in America. We're a constitutional republic. It is a form of democracy, but it is not a full democracy. Full democracies, we've talked about it many times before, are very dangerous. They're very dangerous. Nonetheless, at least it gives you some kind of a fighting chance, but they have to be kept in very serious check. But when you have the type of democracy that they're advocating for, well, then Mr. and Mrs. Middle America, you might as well forget it because you won't have a voice in that. You'll have a country that has candidates that run for president that will go to New York, to California, to Texas, to Chicago and to Florida. And that's all you'll have. You'll have a country run by those places, mostly New York and California. Be a little bit of Texas and a little bit of Florida, but the comparatively, it would be New York, New York and California. Yeah. And if they do the breakup of California and do it right, by the way, the breakup of California and the creation of uh, the state for Washington, D.C. and uh, Puerto Rico, those are proposed if Trump wins in a landslide, by the way, and they're wargaming. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. But anyway, if they were to just abolish the Electoral College, as you said, our votes wouldn't matter anymore. But on top of that, oh, yeah. Uh, the two million votes uh, back in 2016 that uh, Hillary won by, or excuse me, won the popular vote by, that's literally just the votership in California. That's literally just a portion of the votership in California. So um, yeah, anyway, but if they if they split up California and do five states there, that that's uh, eight more senators. If they split it up right, that means it's eight more blue senators and you'll never see a conservative run 
um, House, uh, Senate, or presidency again uh, at that they'll point dissolve if it. they do those they'll, things. They'll dissolve it. Yeah. They'll dissolve the Senate. They'll dissolve the uh, – which, and, by the way, yeah. that's, that's what they did in Rome. Yeah, dissolve the Senate. Everything went out the window right after that. Yeah, so, it'll be USSA at that point. So, you know. It'll be America with a K. Yeah, not a C. Mm-hmm. So, which, by the way, that's how they spell it in other parts of the world in different languages. Just saying. All right. Let's jump over to uh, – jump over to a, a very well-known individual. Let's jump over to Bill Gates. You put something up on Bill Gates a couple of days ago, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. And I wanted to get to it tonight. Bill Gates, he's come out as the, the champion of this whole vaccine thing, right? That's, that's his thing now, uh, which to be fair, I, I honestly think that given the fact that these people haven't been stopped yet, if they're not stopped at some point, I'm going to make this call now. I know it's kind of it's really early to make this call. I think you'll see Mark Zuckerberg take this over later on down the line when Gates can no longer do it. That's my guess. Anyway, uh, Bill Gates says that shutting down the economy is nowhere near sufficient to stop climate change. Well, I thought public health was our number one concern here. And of course, as it progressed in the early days, well, uh, social justice was was more of a public health crisis than any virus, right? So then we had to focus on that. And now, of course, they're back to climate change again. It's a flailing system, right? It's a flailing, dying system. It's a dying elite. These people are out of their damn minds. Bill Gates said the coronavirus pandemic demonstrates that simply shutting down the U.S. economy won't bring about net zero carbon emissions to fight climate change. He said the emissions reductions from the pandemic were quite modest, despite the drastic drop in air travel and car travel. Uh, Quote from him, simply shutting down is not going to get our goal. I thought your goal was to vaccinate the whole world, not climate change. I I didn't think climate was your thing, Bill. So just as we need breakthrough innovation for COVID-19, we also need to get rid of carbon emissions from all the different sectors and bring down climate change. This crosses many areas, how we make electricity, how we make industrial products, grow food, cool our buildings, and all of transportation. Huh. Okay. Uh, why is he shifted focus? Um, so I, I know this has come out here recently talking about how it's been reported on that these shutdowns were good for the for the environment. It, they're, they're just trying to re, re, restate, re-push, uh, push for climate change again because COVID's losing steam. I, I say it's losing steam, but we have Australia Someone, uh, I don't know if it was the PM or the uh, a senator there, was basically saying, um, we're going to have Kobe pass. We're, we're going to have a digital passport or a digital uh, whatever their uh, passport system is or visa or whatever. And they're basically saying, um, you know, if you've had your COVID-19 vaccine, then uh, you can come into the country without a quarantine. So this kind of fits, this all fits into the agenda of Agenda 21 or uh, the sustainable whatever it was that, the, that they changed it to that the World Economic Forum talks about and the UN talks about. We've been harping on it. Um, great Reset. It fits. Yeah, well, and the Great, uh, great Reset. Yeah. This all fits together. Uh, it's all it's all that narrative. It basically, they're just trying to they're trying to tie COVID and the lockdowns and climate change. They're trying to, you know, kind of align them together and mesh them together so they can say, OK, well, now we have to shut down the the economy because um, we passed a um, uh, executive order saying that climate change is a national health emergency. So we, we have to shut down the economy again because climate change. And that 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 could be the next narrative. That could be the next push to go along with COVID nineteen, uh, you know, lockdowns. Which, by the way, COVID nineteen is now just the flu. Uh, we've talked about that before. The influenza virus uh, altogether. 
all forms of it have been reduced by 95% in the United States. Interesting, interesting statistic there, huh? Yeah, just a side note on the the influenza. Interesting statistic to add to that. 50% of the people that lost their lives last year to the influenza virus, to the flu, received the flu vaccine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And uh, also to, to go more on that, the median age for people that died of uh, COVID-19 is 78. Uh, the most most of the ones that are younger died from overdose, um, suicide, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, we should lock down because, you know, uh, the, the virus is so bad. It's the flu. We're, we're destroying people's lives. The, the cure has been worse than the disease at this point. We were only supposed to shut down to uh, keep the virus or <laughs> to keep the hospitals from being overloaded uh, with people infected. Never happened. We never had people, you know, uh, hospitals getting overloaded. You, you had a handful get overloaded just because of rural areas and whatnot. But uh, and here we are. This is uh, it, it's. It's but the equivalent of the flu at this it point. It wouldn't take much to overload the U.S. hospital system as it is anyway. It wouldn't take much. As we stated, the U.S. at any given time on a normal day has less than a million hospital beds in the entire nation. So if there's a if there's an overloaded hospital, I mean, it's, it's not going to take much to overrun the, the U.S. hospital system. The entire nation. It's not going to take much. Uh, yes and no. So interesting enough. 40% of the people that get COVID-19 are asymptomatic. It's a very small portion that actually need hospitalization, like 12%. So you, basically what you're saying is, is to get to those numbers, you're talking like, what, like 30,000 people have to be infected or something crazy to overrun our hospitals? Or 30,000, uh, it's like 30 million is what I meant. It'd be like 30 million people or, or somewhere, somewhere we're, we're talking uh, millions of people have to be infected all at once. And they all have to be like, um, you know, serious cases that require hospitalization. And that's also including um, uh, not prescribing things like hydroxychloroquine and zinc or any of the other therapeutic drugs that we have vitamins, on the market minerals, that will help them. There's vitamins, the, there's the, yeah. No talk of therapeutics. No talk of therapeutics and all this. It's just vaccine, 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 stay in your house, shut up, you're going to die. That's all that you're being hammered with is that right there. Yeah, and honestly, Scott Atlas has been a fantastic boon to the to the uh, basically the whole COVID nineteen nonsense. And he's basically said, "Look, wear a mask if you have to. You know, if you if you're around someone that's generally a, a weaker immune system or compromised or whatever. But typically, masks don't do anything. And it's the same with the you know vaccine. He's like, we got to open everything everything back up. And so I don't know, man. Uh, I I personally, Fauci, Burks, they need to be fired." Um, the head of CDC, whatever his name is, um, Redfield or whatever his Robert name is. Redfield, yeah. He needs to be, yeah, he needs to be fired. Um, well, the fact this, is, this whole these thing just needs to be cleaned. The, these hospital surges are not happening. It, it's not there. It, it's not there. If it was there, it, again, if it was there, you'd see it. You would see it. There would be news cameras. It would be plastered all over everything because they want that fear. They need that fear. And it's not there. What you're seeing a, a couple of uh, a couple of clips of somebody sitting on a ventilator in a hospital. You don't even know if the thing's working or not. Right. I'm not saying that there aren't people that don't succumb to this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's overblown. Case yeah. in point. Case in point. What's happening in the UK? We've been talking here the last few days about what's going on in the UK. Right. Lockdowns, surges, cases. You notice they're not talking about deaths anymore. You're not hearing anything about that. They're keying on cases. It's cases, cases, cases. That's all they're doing because they don't have the deaths. The deaths are actually dropping. You know, that's a good thing. 
you know, uh, Bernie Sanders, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. We've been talking about the UK, all the different cases and and excuse me, all the different, quote, surges and everything that's happening over there, right? Well, if that's indeed the case, then in Manchester, England, okay, fewer patients are in the ICU beds in Manchester now than this time last year. I, I thought the hospitals were getting overrun. The city was plunged into a tier three lockdown. That's the highest, by the way. A tier three lockdown last night after talks between ministers and local leaders broke down. What? So you idiots can't agree on anything. So you have to lock the population down. How pathetic is that? Now, the question is, is the situation as bad as it looks? Well, the figures that they're looking at show that the administration or excuse me, that the admissions in the hospitals in the city are no higher than they were at the same time last year. That was pre-COVID, by the way. Uh, It suggests that while infections are high in the area, they're not translating into more serious cases that require hospitalization or intensive care. Experts in the statistics show the second second wave, right? Quotes, second wave of coronavirus is being fueled by young people, young people, predominantly in their late teens and early 20s. Hence the spike in university cities like Nottingham, Manchester, Exeter and Liverpool. What are you you smiling at? Oh, uh, you you mean the, the BLM Antifa age group? They're oh, yes. I, I was. I mean, I wasn't going to say oh. it or anything. I mean, huh. but uh, as I said earlier, Bruce, that's a more serious issue than than, than a virus. That's a bigger public health crisis than anything else. Yes. Yes. Um, Racism and white supremacy and climate change. Those are all more important than the current pandemic. That yes. Is actually killing people. That is actually yes. worse than. Yes. Yeah. OK. OK. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, the latest figures show that the infection rates across uh, the 10 boroughs of Greater Manchester are all over 200 per 100,000 of the population. Meanwhile, Stockport has the lowest with 271 or 278.1 cases per 100,000. It is overblown. The, the thing is, is that it's overblown and they're locking the whole city down. They're locking the whole area of Greater Manchester down because of that. The health service has reported that the region has around 200 patients in critical care compared with 300 at this time last year. Across the northwest, government figures show that there were 167 COVID-19 patients with mechanical ventilation beds and 1,817 in hospitals on Monday. That compares with 528 mechanically ventilated COVID-19 patients and 5,402 in hospitals across England. You got 5,000 people in a hospital and you're shutting the country down? Uh, You know, again, it just supports the idea that uh, this is not about COVID anymore. This is no longer a pandemic. We've talked about it. It's no longer a pandemic, nor is it an epidemic based on the numbers. But yet we're still locking down and shutting down these locations. Why? Why are we destroying our economies and whatnot? I mean, we we know why, but it's more of a rhetorical question, right? Why are we doing this? I, I want the politicians, the politicians that are calling for this. Why are you doing it? Why are you actually shutting things down? They're scared. That's why they're afraid. They know that they screwed up in the beginning, right? They know that they messed up. And what have I said? They're not going to admit fault. They're going to double down. And more than that, more than that, they're either too cowardly to stand up to this this uh, cabal down in Davos or they're on board with it. Those are the two things. Why has Boris done a flip flop? Why? Why has he done a complete 180? He ran on uh, British superiority, more or less. Right. Getting getting you out of the EU. But yet now he's turned around and he's capitulated to this cabal. Why? Why? All of a sudden he meets with Bill Gates via video call on what was it? May 19th, I think we said May 19th. Right after he met with Bill Gates, the entire agenda with Boris Johnson changed. And it set the country on this path. God help us if we had a Hillary Clinton in the United States right now in the Oval Office. God help us. So let me let me ask you this. Where is 
I don't know. Where is the government on restitution? You restitution? guys shut down everything. Yeah, yeah. So basically property or, or profit being lost and stolen. The government stole it. The government stole a lot of businesses' profits. The government stole a lot of their business. They told them to shut down for no reason. And now businesses are going under for no fault of their own. So where's the government going to pay them back? When are they going to start paying back? Obviously, they can't because it would be trillions of dollars we're talking about. But um, point stands. When, when is the government going to pay these these businesses back? If if Yelp is accurate in saying 60 to 80% of businesses are shut down uh, on their platform, where's the government paying these these companies off for destroying them? It's, it's not like it's a free market. And it's not like the free market saying, oh, well, you know, your, your, your business, uh, you tried, your, your, you didn't have the clientele, uh, your, your business collapsed. You know, you, you weren't able to make it. No, this was this was the government holding a gun to your head saying shut down or else. Uh, that's that's basically what what was happening. And in some of these locations here in the US, you're actually I've seen video of someone, a Jewish man had a business open, a restaurant. He had opened his door for ventilation and was doing curbside deliveries, right? And they had law enforcement come in, write him a citation and a summons because he had his door open. You're kidding me. No. No. So this was in New York. So um uh, what, hello, this, what, what, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I lose the words to say here when we get to this kind of, this level of nonsense, the words I want to use, I can't use. It's nope, we're on where are the American say, people? Really. Yeah. Where are the American people resisting this kind of stuff? Uh, peacefully resisting, right? This it's the time to peacefully resist these kind of things. That's where we're at right now. But they, they if you all do it at once, they can't do anything to you. And how, how about you throw out the mayor there in New York, for example, or in these other other cities that are having these major lockdowns? Let's throw out the Where governor. Where are you guys to, well, yeah, and, and Governor Cuomo and Whitmer and Newsom, yeah. You know, a, a, British, yeah. a British labor MP came out in, in response to this uh, issue in Manchester. I know we're talking about the UK here, but it stands to reason, and, and I'm, I, I say this, what she's about to say here, I say this because this is what needs to happen at the local level in the United States of America, if this is going to stop, because if this doesn't stop, I, I mean, those of us that know history, we know where this goes, and that's not where we want it to go. Lisa Nandy, who is a a British Labour MP, okay, that's like our our Democrats in the U.S. She came out this morning and she accused the government of actively doing harm to its own citizens and not having the British people's interest at heart as they're enforcing these lockdowns. What more do you need to say? The GOP didn't stand up. For the average person, I, I blame the Republicans for not pushing back. Everybody went along with with all this stuff and they're continuing to go along with it. No one's coming out apart from Trump and saying, well, you've got uh, Cruz and you've yeah, got some of the, the usual, usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The usuals. Yeah. 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 Cruz, Cotton, uh, Massey and, and, you know, the, the usuals uh, uh, Rand Paul and, and the rest Rand of them. Paul. Yeah. You know, Rand Paul's a doctor for Lee. crying out loud. Yeah, Lee, Mike yeah. Lee, yeah. Mike Lee, man, what an extremist, right? What what an extremist. <laughs> he is, man. He's an extremist for the Constitution. He's, <laughs> he's something. But where is the GOP? Where Where's the elected people that we put in there? Where, where are the elected officials to stand up for us? Little guy? This is the problem. This is the problem. We know what needs to be done. We, the people, know what needs to be done. It's as simple as standing up and saying no. That's all that's required here. That's literally that. I mean, that's it's that simple. I, I almost wish it was more complicated than that, but it's not. You know, when Trump was saying in April 
We were, uh, you know, right after Easter. He was expecting the country to be open. He should have been on Twitter blasting every governor saying, why aren't we opening yet? Why aren't you opening your economies? Why aren't you doing? He should have been on the forefront, on the assault, going after these uh, local governments. But he didn't. He didn't. The GOP didn't. They didn't do anything for us, as, as you're saying. It was supposed to be two weeks of shutdowns. And then after that, everything should have gone back to normal. But you know what? Here we are. Uh, a lot of these places are still locking down. You know, most places are open again with restrictions, but it's just, this is so frustrating. We're in, what is this, nine months now? Longest two weeks of my life. That's what it is. Did you say you had something else? Yeah. Um, the uh, Derek um, Chauvin. Okay. So the George, the... all right. So the George Floyd case. All right. So uh, what, yes. what, do you, what do you have? What do you have on the George Floyd case? There, there's an update there and I, I haven't really seen much about that. So what, what's going on with that? I believe they're in trial right now or or starting starting trials or whatnot. Typically, they don't happen this quickly, but because of the um, situation and they want the up uh, uproar, you know, unrest, they dropped the third degree murder charge, but the second degree murder charge remains. It's not second degree murder. He'll walk. If it's second degree, he'll walk. There, there, there is no proving it. When you go and watch the video, the evidence, a grand jury will just watch the evidence and be like, he, he's innocent. He walks. When is that trial? Best I can find is it's going on right now. Okay. I, I'm just thinking that if they're, I'm looking at timelines here because if they, if they acquit, they'll trigger another round of riots with the election stuff in the midst of all that. And that's the way that it'll go. We're going to have riots because of the election anyway. My yeah, my, I, my expectation uh, is Trump's going to win in a landslide. He will. He will. I had something on that. Which, by the way, did, did, did you see the video of Obama get, giving the speech on the street corner? Did, did you I've seen see the it? images and whatnot, but I haven't actually gone and watched the, the video. I, honestly, Obama. The, here's uh, my, my, my head threatens to explode just hearing his voice. It, so, yeah, I, I, I understand. You know. He's giving a speech on a street corner with a with a bullhorn to five people, five. That's all they can gather. And the rest of the people that are there are media people taking pictures. You, you have people across the street that don't even care. You've got people driving by that don't even care. It's not like they shut down the traffic for a five block radius. I saw a couple of Secret Service people and some city cops that were there uh, around them. That was it. They weren't holding any crowds back. Street this is how much have more. Yeah, street preachers have more. Absolutely. I never thought of it like that. But yeah, Bernie Sanders on a soapbox in Union Square in New York would get more people than Barack Obama did. I'm sorry to say this is how unpopular. Well, I, I can't really say that because Bernie was giving a speech to an empty uh, on an empty stage uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I can't really say that. But this is how unpopular they are. And, and you're going to sit there and seriously tell me that uh, that it's going to be like these headlines and these polls are right. No way. No way. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I saw the other day. I saw I think it was on Drudge yesterday. A 91 percent landslide for Biden. They, they can't even get they can't even get a handful of people in front of them. Well, we'll talk about methodology real quick with the polls. Uh, I heard a statistic here yes, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, that to get the accurate polls for Republicans, you have to poll five times more Republicans than you do Democrats, because typically Republicans are so fed up with the pollsters, so fed up with the media agencies that they will willingly lie to them and tell them, I'm voting for Biden. So that when the election comes around and Trump wins in a landslide and the polls are so inaccurate, well, you know, it looks like you guys got your polls wrong, man. We can't believe you anymore. You know, it, it destroys their credibility. And you know what? I can't blame them. 
So when we see these polls saying Biden's going to win, Biden's going to win, how many Republicans did they poll, number one? And of those Republicans, how many of them actually told the truth? Um, because, by the way, let's just hypothesize. Let's go paranoia here levels, right? How do you know that's not Antifa or BLM on the other end of the line taking a tally and a, a note of who's voting for Trump so that when Biden wins, if he wins, or even if he doesn't win, they come knocking on your door? Are, are you saying that, that they would actually come to your door because of your political standings? Is, is that what you're saying? I'm saying that um, if we continue down this road, and who was it? Who, who was the media guy that used to be with ESPN? Um, Olbermann. Keith Olbermann. Um, yeah. Keith Olbermann. He, he was saying uh, we have to round up and exile or, or excuse me, expunge um, Trump supporters, Trump and Actually, Trump supporters. I heard I heard this morning uh, a quote from a Berkeley guy, Robert Wright. He said, yes, that's him. he said he, he said, said basically the same, thing. the same thing. He says, after we win, then we're going to take all Trump supporters and put them into a reeducation camp. Think about that. Think about what that man said. Can can I point out his his name is awful close to somebody, another group or, or a belief that did the same thing and had camps. And of course, they weren't reeducation camps. They were death camps and they had these didn't catch on. I'm, I'm talking about the Nazis and the Third Reich. But, yeah, you know, my, my concern is I, I understand the rhetoric that these people talk because they're at this point now where they they talk like this and unchecked, out of control, corrupt, dictatorial power. This is the consequence of it when they don't get in trouble for so many years. So this is the point we're at. Now they feel the need that they have to just be outright with it, right? And be forthright, bring it to the to the forefront and and tell you who they are. Because it's some sick code that they have in their head that that's what they have to do. They have to tell you who they are. And more than that, they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. These people are dead serious when they say things like that. I can go back through history and, and you know, I, I, I'm a consider myself a novice at history. I, I like to think I'm not, not even really that smart when it comes to that stuff. But I dabble in history and, I, and it's, it's really fascinating. But one thing I know that when you go back and you look through history, through through Western history, hell, through Eastern history, right? Far East, Soviet Russia, communist China, Pol Pot's Cambodia. When these people make statements like that, you damn well better take them seriously. These are not patriots. These are radical revolutionaries. They're authoritarian dirtbags. That's all they've ever been. And now you have them out there calling for the internment. And what, what did Oberman say? The uh, extinguish, ex, expunge of, uh, the expunge them from society? Yeah, expunge. Expel yeah. them, expel them from society, something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he well, used gonna, both phrases there, expel and expunge. Yeah. Where are you going to put them? We don't deport people anymore. We don't exile people anymore. So that can only mean one thing in these people's eyes. My biggest fear is that those that are not paying attention, they don't even care. That, that's my biggest concern. We started this because we care. We can see what's coming. We see who these people are and we know what their agenda is. And so we feel obligated to sit here and to bring this information to the forefront and present it to you. We know the average person is, is busy out there and we're busy, too. But we've ignored our civil duty as good citizens for so long that evil men and tyrants flourish when good people do nothing. Right. And that's where we are. By the way, uh, we mentioned Keith Olbermann there, uh, and I was going back to get the transcript uh, from that altercation. And I just, you know, Keith Olbermann, Roundup Trump transcript. The first two pages, three pages, excuse me, are all articles from the years 
2006 to 2017, there is nothing listed from this month. They're, they're, they're sweeping it under the rug, hiding it. Yeah, sounds about right. All right. Unfortunately, I just realized the time. We are going to have to go. We're out of time. So where does it go? I, I bet you I, I could have gone another 20 minutes talking about all that. But anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and punch out of here. So thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. For those of you who would like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you as we move forward here to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience here as much as possible. And uh, we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. All we're trying to do here is is promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles. We don't have an agenda. We're not trying to make you think one way or the other. That's up to you to make that determination for yourself and to do your own research and to decide whether or not you agree with us or if you disagree with us. That's all we ask. Just do your own homework. Think for yourself, because now is a time when everyone must think for themselves. If we don't think for ourselves, well, we don't have much of a future going forward because they're doing everything they can to try and take that responsibility away from you. We would ask you to uh, pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. Uh, We're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience. We would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. And as I said, we will not be here on Saturday and Sunday. Everyone have a great weekend and we will see you on Monday.